Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Before we listen to the message, I'd like to ask Phil and Dory to tell us why you choose this church to be your family. Maybe you can encourage people. I know last minute. This, in this house, you have to be careful. I can call people last minute. <laughs> well, I can truly say that I am purely blessed by being here. Um, God is good. He um, led us our, uh, to a church that ended up being closed um, after eight months of us attending there. They had been um, worshiping for about ten years. So we searched and we searched and we searched and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And uh, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. We are so blessed to be here. If you've ever searched for a church, you know that this church has something very special to offer. The presence of God is here. We, We can worship him in his fullness. Do you know how rare that is? That is so very rare in our day and age. I'm so very grateful to be here. I always try to agree with my wife. (laughs) And I agree with her on what she just said. Uh, But another aspect of this church is that when we first came through the door... We felt people reaching out to us. We felt people um, loving us. And we could feel that people cared about us. And so we've met a lot of people who are examples of that. And so that made it comfortable for us to come here, and we thank you for that. And we also very much appreciate that the Holy Spirit is here, that the Holy Spirit guides this church and guides our lives. And we thank you that you share that with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. We consider that all of you who join this church are the grace of God to our life. We don't deserve you. In fact, we don't deserve but because of the grace that you come and serve the Lord with us here, and we will cherish you and take care of you, take care of you like a very valuable, precious, blood-bought property of God. You are very valuable, so we will make sure that we take care of you. Amen? Let's listen to the Word of God, and then we can go on to do deliverance today. Today, I will... Take opportunity to do deliverance before I do that. I'd like to explain to you quickly here. The Lord Jesus said in Mark chapter 16 that in my name go and the first thing he said, he did not say go and have a happy party. He said go and cast out demons. That's what he said. He said in my name go and cast out demons. But when you study the Bible carefully, you cannot cast out demons on non-believers. 
Because if you cast out demons on non-believers, they will get worse. Because their life is not full with the Holy Spirit. They don't have Jesus. So seven times more of demons going to come back. So deliverance is for the believers. Jesus shed his blood to set us free from the darkness. If you can kindly go listen to the CD series that we produce here called Your Unseen Enemy, you will learn from that series that, in fact, Christians can have demons. And I have that experience. Demon come out of me in 1987 when I was in a revival meeting in Tampa, Florida. Minister who is the evangelist, he didn't even lay hand on me. He just waved his hand like this. The wind of God touched me. I was on the floor and that day, demons came out of me. I became a new man after that. We believe that people need to be cleaned up off and on because we are not clean yet. We still have some sin. We sometimes make mistakes. Some of you may be born with rejection and you have the spirit of rejection. Some of you may have the curse of dying young. Maybe your parents die at 45 years old or 50 years old because the spirit that follow you follow the family we call family spirit that bring the curse to the family who make the generation to generation die young of cancer or car accident, the spirit of death. And if you don't cast them out, you're going to f- still have problem. Even though Jesus did everything for us on the cross 2,000 years ago, but in reality, we still have to exercise faith and believe in the name of Jesus to get what he did for us on the cross. Deliverance is one of them that the church should have. And thank God, in the book of Joel chapter 2, the Bible talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Joel chapter 2. Actually, Joel chapter 1 talks about desolation, which means that the, the children of Israel were in trouble. They're in bad shape. And that compared to the church, that today the church, many churches are in bad shape. They don't have the Holy Spirit, People are fighting, gossiping, and divorce, and problem, and sin in the church. And in the second chapter, talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when the Bible talks about outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then it said that the God can restore the years that, that the locusts have eaten. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is related to restoring the years that the locusts have eaten. And what are the locusts? The locusts are evil spirit. And then the third chapter... The second chapter talks about deliverance of God's people, the church, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then the church chapter of Joel, talking about the church, after being delivered, become an army of God. They climb up the wall and run and take over the land. Desolation, deliverance, and then become a big army of the end time church. The church that doesn't do deliverance, will never go into the army of God. will never reach to the bride of Christ, the beautiful bride of Christ, because you still have demons all over the place. In fact, when I started to go to Thailand, I started a revival service, and I cast out a lot of demons, and people get set free. And after that, one of our members, uh, one of the person who joined our church there, went back to another church. Both of them was shocked to walk in and saw the vision of demons everywhere in the church, all over the place, on the shoulder of people, on the head, and even on the shoulder of the preacher that day, and stick out the tongue toward them and ridicule them. So you don't see the things in the spirit, but sometimes God allows you to see demons around in the people's life. So that's why it's good that we need to cast out demons off and on in the church. 
so that people will not die young, people will not be having cancer, and we will not have divorce and problem with the church. But again, this is up to you. God is a gentleman. He will never force you. It's your own choice whether you want to be delivered or not. You want to be clean or not. We will leave it up to you whether you want to have deliverance in your life in the name of Jesus and by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or not. We don't do deliverance one-on-one in this church because it's a waste of time for me. I have so many things to do. We're going to do as a mass one time. A lot of people deliver one time to save time. We have other things to do. Amen? So I don't want to spend hours and hours and hours, give counseling, try to pull out the old thing and dig out the old past. I don't want to do that. The Bible never say that. The Bible say, outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Done. Gone. Never have those kind of method and of deliverance in the Bible. I never seen that in the Bible. Hallelujah. How many people have been delivered before? Raise your hand up. How many people notice that it's good to be delivered? Amen. Let's go into the word of God. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We believe your word is sweet as honey. It's powerful. It penetrates into our marrow, our bone, our spirit, and it will give life to us, Lord. Your word is like the medicine. It's health to us. As we, Lord, receive your word, we receive the medicine. We receive, Lord, strength. And, Lord, we can be successful. And we can do great and mighty things for you, Lord. We receive, we are excited, we are expecting, and we're going to open our ears to hear what the teacher, the Holy Spirit, want to say today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I would like to preach the message regarding fruitfulness, continue this series. We have only two more sermons to go and finish the whole series. And we'll go on to other series. John 15 verses 1 to 2 and verse 8 and 16 say, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. You can see from this scripture that the Lord expects every Christian to bear fruit. We are the branch, and we are connected to the vine, the Lord Jesus himself, and he wants us to bear fruit. So we all should live a life of fruitfulness. We should abide in Jesus and his word abide in us and we can bear fruit in our life. We are not talking about apple or banana. We are talking about spiritual eternal fruit that people will come to know God. People will grow in the Lord. People will come into the kingdom of God and go to heaven with us. And wherever we are, the fruit will be made. The fruit will be produced there. Whether you move to Japan, move to Germany, you move to Thailand or to Taiwan, you're going to be a fruit producer. And definitely God has the right to expect fruit from you because he has invested so much into your life. He has invested his son, Jesus, died for us. He has invested the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the word, the church. He gave the gift to the church, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers. He gave us the Bible. He gave us the angel. He gave us the wisdom and understanding. He gave us so much. 
that we should pay back to him by being fruitful, and then his name will be glorified. We have learned the principle of how to bear fruit, and today we're going to learn another principle. Uh, let me read to you First Peter chapter two, and from verse five on. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence and to your faith virtue. We already talked about virtue in the past. Please get the MP3 to listen. To virtue, knowledge. We learned about knowledge already, that we want to gain more revelation and knowledge from God. To knowledge, self-control. We cannot be fruitful if we don't control our desire out of our flesh, our mouth, our time, and our sinful nature. If we live in sin, we cannot be fruitful. To self-control, perseverance. If we are quitter, we quit all the time, everything quit, 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 quit. We will never be fruitful. Why? Because it takes time for the tree to grow and produce food. We need to hang in there, keep going, keep running, keep sowing the seed, and keep doing what God wants us to do by faith. And if we don't quit, we don't give up, we shall be fruitful. To perseverance, godliness, godliness to become like God. The person that is the most fruitful man in the whole world, in the history of mankind, is the Lord Jesus himself. So if we want to be fruitful, we need to be godly. We need to be like Christ. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we want to be fruitful, we must have all these seven things that First Peter talk about. Today, we will talk about brotherly kindness. And if we want to be fruitful, we need to practice brotherly love or brotherly kindness. Let me read many scriptures here that the Bible talks about brotherly kindness in many, many scriptures. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. In the church, God wants us to be affectionate and be kind to one another. And always think about other people better than self. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue in the house of God. First Peter chapter 2 verse 17. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Again, the Bible talks about brotherly love. First Peter 1.22 Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren. The sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently. Not lukewarmly. But fervently. We need to love one another fervently with a pure heart. You can see here that there are four more scriptures that talk about brotherly love, a love, and love one another in the church. What is brotherly love? The brotherly love is a special kind of love that needs special attention. Everyone says special attention. This is the fact of life. If your parents or your siblings do not care about you, they don't pay attention to you, they don't love you, they don't protect you. It's a normal human response to go out of the house, 
to look for acceptance, love, loyalty, commitment, and care from outside. That's why you see in every nation that young people go out of the house to join a gang and then commit some crime because they were looking for acceptance. They have to go through a certain regimen in that group and pass all the tests. And after that, the head of the group will say, now I accept you into our society. We accept you into our group. And you can have assignment, and you can have the same privilege. Uh, we're going to protect your back. If somebody hurt you, we're going to protect you. And we're going to join together in brotherly commitment here. But in reality, the true brotherly love is found only in the church of Jesus Christ. The gangster, the social club, or the golf club, in all those clubs, you will never find the real brotherly love. Why? Because the true bodily love is produced by the unconditional love of God. The love that Jesus showed to us. What kind of love that he showed to us? He gave his life for us. He died for us. He loved us first. He shed his blood for us. He died for us on the cross. And he expects all of us to love one another with the brotherly love in the local church. In John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What makes the church different from other society, other social group, the gang, other group of people that join together as a club or anything is the love of God. Not about the building, not about the carpet, because other society have the carpet too, they sing song too. I heard that when people join a group of that uh, sell product to the internet, they went to the meeting and they sing song too. And they have teaching too. It's like a church on Sunday. I'm not against them. We could try to make a living. But they also sing. They also preach and teach from the pulpit. What makes difference between the two groups? The difference is that that group is about money. But our group, the Christian family, is about love. It's about loving one another. That makes a big difference. If the church has no love, have not practiced love, we are not going to be different from other society in the world and other gangs and other groups in the world. Amen. God wants us to love one another as brother. And he said, that I love you first. Therefore, you love one another. And when you love one another, the world will want to get in. When you love one another, the world wants to be a part of this. Like the youngster want to be a part of the gangster. Then the people in the world who lack love want to join the church, want to be a child of the living God because they see the love, the true love in the church. And Jesus sacrificed for us. And in order to cultivate this brotherly love, we need to come to the first question. Let's get the foundation on first about who is our brother. So we need to understand who is our brother. By the way, it's good to be kind to outsiders. It's good to be kind to unbelievers. It's good to do good to them. But God said, we need to give special love and attention to our own Christian brothers and sisters. Yes, we do good to outsiders, 
but special love in the house of God. In this world, there are many categories of people. You can categorize people by profession, by nationality. But when we talk about spiritual families, there are only two, not three, not four. There are only two spiritual families in the whole earth. The first one is called the spiritual family of those who believe in Jesus Christ or the church of God. And the father of this group is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus Christ. The second family is the world, and their father is Satan. There are only two fathers, Satan and God, Jehovah, the creator of the whole universe. You choose yourself who you want to be your father. I already chose. God is my father. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Yes, to everybody, including non-believers. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. We need to give special attention to our Christian brothers and sisters who are in the household of faith. Yes, we can be kind to outsiders. But we need to be specially kind and specially love our brother and sister in the church. Why? Because God knows that if you spend your resources and money and time on outsiders, sometimes it's good, but many times it can be a waste and you will miss it. I tell you the truth. I'm not going to spend my resources on the blasphemer, on the people who say that Jesus is not a son of God, people who look down on the Bible and ridicule the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to spend money on them because it's going to be the waste. I have only limited amount of money. I'd rather spend money on my brother and sister in the church. They are my priority. I will spend my time and energy on people who are in the house of God first. Yes, sometimes I help the outsider. But my priority, my focus is to help people in the house. In fact, I have a lot of kids in my life, not only three. We have hundreds of kids in the church. So if I can have to prioritize my money and time and resources to people, I'm going to put those things into people in the house of God first. That is what the Bible say. The Bible says, show love to your brother first. It's good to do good things to outsider, but we have to do specially good to the people in the house or the family of God. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Now, after you hear all this introduction, and I'm going to read scripture to you, now you begin to see this word all the time in the Bible. Brethren, father, brethren, love, father. In many scriptures, I'm going to show you from now on. The word brethren, the word love, and the word fathers. By this, we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. How do we know love? By looking at Jesus, that he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our life for the brethren, for the brother and sister in the church. But whoever has this world's good and see his brother are in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The Apostle John said that we should specially help 
the brethren, the brother and sister in Christ. Can we help the non-believers? Yes, but we should give a higher level of love and a higher level of help and blessing to people who are in the house of God. You cannot sit in the middle. You are either in or you are out. I am in the house of God. Are you in the house of God? You cannot choose to have two fathers, Satan and God, at the same time. Either get in or you get out. And I hope that those who are not in right now, who are out right now, will get in very, very soon so that they will become a part of the family of God. Amen. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendant. This is what Jesus said to the religious leader at his time. But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Jesus was talking to the religious leader at that time. And he said that you claim that you are Abraham's descendant. Why did he say that? Because Jesus knows that people in the world claim to have ticket to go to heaven two ways. Number one, who they are naturally. They claim that I am a Jew, I am a Israel, I am a Hebrew, I am a Chinese, I am this, I am that. My father is this, my heritage, my family inheritance and, and lineage is this way, therefore I going to go to heaven. And the second way that people claim to go to heaven is by what they do. And that's what the religion I used to believe. I do, 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 do to get to heaven. But in fact... There is only one way to get to heaven according to the scripture. Not that because your ancestor is Abraham. It's not that because you were born in Israel. It's not that because you are Americans or you are Caucasian or Asian or whatever. It's not about those things at all. The only way to get into heaven is that you join the family of God by repenting of your sin and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. At that time, the religious leader came to Jesus and they came with the pride in their heart and said, you know, I am a descendant of Abraham. I'm going to be in heaven. I know the scripture very well. And Jesus said, ha, ha, ha. No, it's not about being descendant of Abraham by blood. Look at verse 37 and 38 one more time. I know that you are Abraham descendants, but you seek to kill me. Because my word has no place in you. In other words, they don't listen to the word of the Father in heaven. They listen to the word of Satan. I speak that I have seen my father and you do what you have seen with your father. Now you see, father, capital F and the little f, father. Jesus talked about two fathers here, two families. And Jesus tried to tell the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the wouldn't see and couldn't see that their father is not God, the father, but another father. And we're going to read to that in a few minutes. Who is their father? Look at verse 39 to 40. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. I believe they may, might be like, our Abraham is our father. We know all the Jewish ceremony. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Again, they claim that they have salvation through the bloodline, through the name of their ancestor, through who they were naturally. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. If you really save, you will listen to me and you will have God the Father who sent me to be your father. Look at verses 41 to 42. 
You do the deeds of your father. You notice small f, not capital F. Then they said to him. Now they were mad. Jesus start to say that your father is not the same father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They say that I can argue with you. We can look at our family line, go back family tree, and you can see that Abraham is our father. They were mad. They said to him, "We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God." Jesus said to them, "If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed that forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but He sent me." Wow! These religious leaders were very proud of their family heritage. They were so proud of their family or, or lineage or their bloodline, but Jesus said that, "No, you and I, we are not in the same family." Even though you quote Abraham, look at Matthew chapter three, verses eight and nine. I read many scripture to show you how God teaches who is our real spiritual brother and sister. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourself, "We have Abraham as our father." For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham's from this stone. Again, Jesus emphasized in Matthew that you are not saved because you have this Jewish or Hebrew bloodline. It's not about having Abraham as your father in the New Testament. What's going on here? He said that well, the heavenly father is your fa- not your father. You're not doing the job of Abraham. You're not doing the good, the work of Abraham. How do we know who is our true spiritual brother and sister? The Lord Jesus say clearly in the Bible, who is our real brother and sister? Not people who sit in the church every Sunday. Not everybody who can quote all the scripture and also academically can talk about Jesus. And those who wear the special robe and have a title in the church. No, those who know Jesus. And love Jesus. If you really know Jesus, you will definitely love Him. And if you love Him, you will love His church. When I heard people attack the local church, my heart dropped because I start to wonder: Is that person born again? Is that person really loving Jesus? Because if you love Jesus, you know the reason you come here, the reason you join the church, not because I'm a nice guy. I tell you the truth. Right now, I'm being. Honest with you, I come here not because you are nice. I come here because I love Jesus. I join the church because I love the church. Whether you are nasty to me or not, or nice to me, it doesn't matter to me. You may step on my toes, you may hurt me, you may disappoint me, you may cheat me. It doesn't matter. I still show up on Sunday. Why? Because I love Jesus and I love His church. The church is His body. No if and or but. I'm gonna love the church. Because I love Jesus, I'm not going to attack any church. Amen. I will love the church of Jesus Christ because my Father is the Father of Jesus. John chapter eight verses forty-two to forty-three. Jesus said to them, "If God were your Father, you would love me." You see, the condition of being a child of God is to love Jesus. For I proceeded forth and came from God; nor have I come of myself, but He sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. In other words, you all have ears, and your ears can listen to your father. 
This religious leader, their ears, they don't listen to the voice of the Father, capital F, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their ears were listening to the voice of the devil. That's why when Jesus spoke, they could not understand. They could not hear. They shut their spiritual ear to the voice of the Father. And look at what Jesus said, who is their father? In verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Now you can see the word brethren, the word capital F father and small F father. Two fathers on earth here in the spiritual world. God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the father of Jesus. If you join this family, you are our brother and sister together. But if your father is the devil, you are not our brother and sister, period, in the kingdom of God. We are not telling that you are our brother and sister by looking at your skin color, the color of your hair, how many hair you have on your head. You may have not hair. You may have a lot of hairs. It doesn't matter what is your weight, how many pounds you weigh. It doesn't matter what language you speak, what culture you have. You can be Mexican or you can be Chinese. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is, do you love Jesus and know Jesus? Are you born again? Do you really have relationship of Jesus Christ? Amen? We have to choose which father we're going to follow. Look at Mark chapter 3, verses 31 to 35. Then his brothers and his mother came. Standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother? And all my brothers. And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my brother. Wow. Jesus said that if people were born in the same family line, come from the same last name, born from the same father and mother, it doesn't mean that they become automatically your spiritual brother and sister. Amen? It's not about being born in the same family line or the same last name. But it's about somebody who is born again, know Jesus personally, love Jesus, listen to his word, and do his word. After I become a Christian for a long time and also a pastor, I began to realize now that not everybody who sits in the church on Sunday is born again. I have to be very frank to you. I began to find out that people come to church with many reasons. Some people come to seek a beautiful girl to get married. Some people come to church to seek position. I want to position in the church. Some people come to church to seek jobs, to seek money. Some people are bored at home and want to get into some social group, so they sit in the church. I began to realize that not everybody is my brother and sister. It takes time to know. Pastor Da always say, honeymoon period in our church is about five years. It means that to know somebody, sometimes it takes a long time, whether they are real or they are fakey. Because people can pretend to be your brother, to seek something. You will know that we speak the truth to you. Amen. I hope that you come with a good reason and you come to seek Jesus. 
Luke chapter 8 verse 21 but he answered and said to them my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word and do it who are our brother and sister do they have to be Jews or Greeks male or female do they have to dress certain way do they have to have a certain hairstyle that they will become your brother and sister do they have to speak the same language as you are speaking look at what the bible says in galatians chapter 3 28 and 29 There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 6.15 For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Thank God. We don't need to undergo circumcision to become a Christian. Avails anything but a new creation. Galatians 3, 10 to 11, and have put on a new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. What is the condition of becoming a brother and sister in the spiritual family of God the creator? Not your Skin color, not your language, not your background, not your education, not even your Bible knowledge. People can quote all the Bible, but they are not born again. Not all these things. The only thing is in Christ. You know Christ. You born again, you repent of your sin, you love him, you seek his word, and you want to do what he say. Amen? But most people want to be saved by who they are, like the religious leader here. They quote that they are children of Abraham. And sometimes people will quote that because I do this, do that, then I can be saved. I can go to heaven. Look at what the Bible says. Can you go to heaven by good deeds? The Bible says good deeds are filthy rags in the eyes of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. But by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, let me interpret this scripture to you. You read and you get confused. Even though you can do the best job, you give millions of dollars to the poor, you can shave your hair, you dress special, nice religious clothes, you can pray all day and all night, you can do all these good deeds, you will never get to heaven because of your good deeds. Actually, the Bible said the law is given to us, not that we practice the law and then we can go to heaven. The law is given to us so that we know what is right and what is wrong. That's it. To know what is sin and what is not sin. But actually, we cannot go to heaven by our good deeds. We go to heaven by the forgiveness of God. By the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. That we receive his forgiveness. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. There is only one mediator. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one God. There is only one baptism. There is only one body. There is only one faith and one mediator. And his name is Jesus Christ. Only way to go to heaven is to have relationship with Jesus, receive his forgiveness, and cleanse by his blood and repent of our sin. And once you do that, you can be a child of God and you can be a brother and sister in the local church. Amen? And we can call each other brother and sister. Amen. 
It's not about who you are, and it's not about what you do at all. Now we know who is our brother, who belong to the household of God. So when you look in this church, many nationalities. You can see that we are not the same nationality here. We have different skin colors, different languages, and different cultures, but we are still brothers and sister in Christ. Amen. Let's continue next Sunday. How to show love, brotherly love to one another. So, in conclusion today, to be fruitful, we need to practice brotherly kindness or brotherly love. There are only two families: the family of God. And the family of Satan. There are only two fathers: the Father of Heaven and the Devil. You are not saved. You are not joining the family of God by your skin color, by your culture, by your background, but only through Jesus Christ, who is our real spiritual sister. The same last name? No. Grow up in the same family, in the same home? No. Our real spiritual brother and sister is the one who is born again. Know Jesus, love Jesus, love the Word of God, listen to the Father of Heaven, and do what He says. Now you understand. We have a special relationship in the local church. We have special relationship. Amen. That's why I consider this church my family. We have special relationship. We are brothers and sister in Christ Jesus, and we're going to treat one another in a special way. We're going to treat one another with kindness and love. We're going to look next Sunday in the scripture. We have many scripture talking about this: how to treat each other as brother and sister in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you can do that, you shall be fruitful. One of the reason I was saved, I was a stubborn Buddhist man. I hate the church. I hate Christianity. But the reason I got saved. In 1981, because I observed Christian love among each other at that time, I went to a Bible study and I noticed that all these Christian brothers and sisters they love one another that I could not find outside in the world. At that time, I decided I want to join in. If we have a loving church, we will be fruitful. People will join in. Amen. That's why we have care group. That's why we have lunch time. That's why we have fellowship. Meeting each other, we want to exercise love, helping one another, loving one another. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your teaching. We thank you so much for the word, and also understanding about the relationship of spiritual brother and sister in the local church. We thank you, Father, that you will use this house to bring in more people into the house of God. To know Jesus, to love Jesus. We don't want to be a religion, Lord. We don't want to be just a religious group that come to do religious things. We want to be your family. We want to be your household that demonstrate your character, and your character is love because you are love. May the love of God flow in this house. May the love of God rise up by the Holy Spirit in our heart. We thank you, Father, for your teaching today. And we believe, Father, that we shall be fruitful. We thank you so much in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. How many people say, "I want to be in the family of God. I want to know Jesus, and I want to love Jesus." Raise your hand up. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, raise your hand up. You want to confirm that you are in the family of God, 
And if you were not in the family of God, when today you say, "I want to be in the family of God," keep your hand up too. Why don't you pray with me, Father in heaven? I want to know Jesus more. I want to repent of my sin. Lord, I join the family of God by inviting or accepting the Mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. O oh Lord, from today on, I will love Jesus more and more by the help of the Holy Spirit. I will listen to what you say. And do it, because Jesus said that my brother, my sister, and my mother are those who listen to me and obey my words. Oh Lord, I want to stay in the family. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give hand to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, this morning, some people want to be delivered. We believe what you say in the Bible. In the name of Jesus Christ, the demons have to go out from people, and your people will be set free. Oh, Father, may your Holy Spirit. Be poor upon your people, burn all the wrong spirit out of them, all the curses out of them, Father. We depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, and we will deliver your people in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names. Today, we will be set free together, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name.